To another beautiful Sunday service at the Lighthouse Digital Church. Personally, I'm so glad you could join us today. Last Sunday, Pastor Davis began a brand new series titled The Supremacy of the Word of the Lord, and I was deeply impacted by that message. To get into the message, he listed three distinct qualities of the Word of the Lord, and I'm just going to quickly run over them in no particular order. The Word of the Lord produces results, the Word of the Lord causes things to become, and now I put my spin on this third one the word of the lord maintains the things that it has caused to become it also maintains the results that it has produced that is good all by itself when you think about it like everything the word of the lord has spoken the word of the lord will maintain it all by itself that means you it doesn't need my power to sustain it it can sustain itself now one key takeaway from last sunday was um, that nothing can exist outside of its source just like the fishes cannot exist outside of the sea i cannot exist outside of my source no human can exist outside of their source and for us our source is god because man did not become a living being until god had breathed his breath into the nostrils of man that is when we became living beings and because god is our source only the word of the lord can maintain us only the word of the lord can sustain us now the question is this what word has god spoken concerning your life and what what do you believe do you believe the word that the lord has spoken concerning your life do you even know the word that the lord has spoken concerning your life and do you believe it because if you don't believe it that is just a very counterproductive thing to do as a child of god you just have to believe it believe the word of the lord know the word of the lord believe it and run with it because the word of the lord will maintain whatever it has been sent to produce or cause to become in your life so now let's head to the main service to hear the message this part of the message is titled co-creators with god god bless you hello good morning welcome to church Thank you very much for being part of our service today. Um, I am so delighted to have you in church. Last week, we started talking about a profound topic that I called the supremacy of the Word of God. And the purpose of the supremacy of the Word of God really is to help us to uh, understand that by faith, God spoke the whole world into, into, into existence, which means there's nothing today that is created without the Word of God. And therefore, if God created by the spoken word, we can also speak and create by the spoken word. 
one of the key things I spoke about last week was the word katatizo, which is the word that suggests framing something, putting something in place. And what we found in Hebrews 11.3 was that God katatizoed the world. He, put, he framed the world by the word that he spoke. Alright, so today I'm going to be going deep, deep dive into that. The next message is around being co-creators with God. Being co-creators with God. The fact that you can create with God whatever you want in this life. Before we go, I just want to say thank you very much for those that joined the Metamorpho um, 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 seminar on, on Wednesday, this last Wednesday. If you want to uh, get the transcript of what was shared, please go to our website, thelighthouse.org. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a slash there for slash metamorpho. You will see um, the, the the transcript there and the replay of the video. We also have the video on our YouTube channel. You know, So if you go to youtube.com slash C slash thelighthouse, that's our channel link. You will see uh, the video there. Please, we, started, we spoke about marriage. We spoke about how the the issue of divorce and how you know if if you encounter uh, domestic violence why you don't need to stay in that marriage you know so we spoke about that you know looking at things from the context of the word of god so you don't have to die in a marriage that doesn't work for you you marry that people are you're just there you know you're about to you're about to be killed you don't need to stay there all right so please if you have a moment go back to our youtube channel or go back to our website and go and watch it all right, let us pray. Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning, for the words you've put in my heart to share with your precious people. Help me to articulate your words in ways that will help us, Father Almighty God, to understand the power that you have given us as men and women that you have placed on the earth. Thank you, Almighty God, for giving us the opportunity to be the ones to create and make this world, world that you have created a better place. Help us to take this awesome responsibility very seriously so that we can do awesome things in this life. I pray for my brothers and sisters all over the world who are tuning into this, that Almighty God, this world will jack every one of us up to be excited, to step out in faith, to not put our dreams on the shelf, to just embrace life and grasp life with two hands in the name of jesus glorify your name bless your people and edify your people in jesus name we pray praise god forevermore so last week we started with the topic called the supremacy of the word of god It's a new series that we started and this series was put in my heart based on an encounter that i had in my garden where the, the 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 grass was just growing and i kept cutting the grass after three weeks again the grass grew again i kept thinking why was this grass growing just like this and the holy spirit spoke to me that based on genesis chapter 1 you know verse 11 to 12 that god spoke the word that god spoke to the land to produce the grass is the word that is still effective up until today and i began to ponder if the spoken word of god was effective for thousands of years the spoken thousands of thousands of thousands of years ago was still as it was still effective today could we do something with that word could we change our lives with that word so this series is going to be talking about the power of the word of god and it's also going to be talking about how that is something that god has put in your care that you can play with that you can work with amen all right so we're talking about the supremacy of the word of god but today i will start talking about you as co-creators with god you as co-creators with god when we speak about the supremacy of the word of god we're talking about the word of god being 
that which has the highest authority in this life there was a post i did some years but i know i think some months back i said the word of god is my north star the word of god is my north star which means after all is said and done what i have to measure my life by what i have to measure my life by and measure my reaction to life or my engagement with life has to be based on what the word of god says not based on the latest fads not based on celebrity gossips not based on even the economy of where I live, I have to base my life, my decisions, and my disposition based on the immutable word of the Almighty God. So, the supremacy of the word of God essentially is talking about how supreme the word of God is. And like I said earlier, the word that God used to give us an idea about the power of the word of God was the word katatizo in the, in, in the Greek language, which suggested something that is put in place, something, something that is put in place to make something to be complete. So Hebrews 11.3, let's just read it. Through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. Why? So that things which are seen, what we see with our eyes, were not made of things we do appear, which means what you were seeing physically are actually not made from things that are seen physically, which means everything that you are, you are seeing physically today has its creation in what you cannot see. Because the source of that thing is based on what it, it, that cannot be seen, the word of God then becomes the vehicle to manifest it. Okay, So the word of God, therefore, is the vehicle to manifest something that you cannot see. So if there is something in your life that requires completion, that requires to be put in order, what you have to do, therefore, is find the word of God for that thing and begin to declare the word of God out of your mouth and that thing in due process will manifest. So the fundamental spiritual law of life, I have, you should have it on the screen, that I want you to pay attention to is this. Because the word of God framed, excuse me, because the word of God framed the entire universe, the word of God framed the entire universe, or the word of God catatizoed the entire universe. And that catatizo means to complete something, to bring something to its, 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 its intended purpose, to make something to come to its intended purpose. It means that if something is not right in your life, if something is not displaying its intended purpose in your life, whether it is your job, your marriage, your career, you can use the word of God to bring it to that intended purpose. You can begin to speak the word of God out of your mouth to bring that thing to its intended purpose. So there's a spiritual law that I want you to write down. It is this. The word of God has the power in itself to perfect whatever it is directed towards. Because in Hebrews 11.3, the Bible says, By faith we believe that the words were framed or put in place or set in order by the word of God. So which means... The word of God has the power to set in place whatever the word of God is directed at. And the reason why this is important is because when you speak the word of God out of your mouth, the word of God actually is, is what I call container. The word of God is a container. The word of God is a container for power to be released. The word of God is a container for power to be released. So when you speak the word of God out of your mouth, I want you to imagine now going forward as you pronounce the word of God out of, your, out of your mouth, imagine it being disembodied spirits or words that are going out and creating for you that which you have spoken about. And so the other word I have here is the word of God is a container for power to be released. 
the first word I said you should write down is the word of God has the power in itself to perfect whatever it is directed towards. Why is this important? Jesus Christ says to us in the book of John, he says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. One translation renders it this way. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they produce life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirits and they produce life, which means the word of God produces life. Okay, so when you have a situation that doesn't look right, people have given up, given up, up hope on that thing. Do you know the tool to use? It is to find the word of God for that thing and begin to speak it out of your mouth. Why? Because the words that I speak are spirit and life. Or the words that I speak are spiritual and they produce life. My God. And when we talk about life, we're talking about life is the opposite of something being dead. If there's anything in your life that seems that it is dead, something something in your life today that seems like it is not working, what you should be doing is to find the word of God and begin to speak the word of God over that thing to begin to cause it to bring out light, life. Now, there's something I learned about the life of Abraham just this week that I want to share with you. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. This word that God shared with me about Abraham, about what happened to him, as it pertains to being co-creators, will be a blessing to you. Let's go to Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. The Bible here says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk habitually before me with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence. Knowing that you are always in my presence. And be blameless and complete in obedience to me. Now, before I go forward, well, further, let me take a back step. You know, Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we believe that the word was formed by the word of God. Right? And I said the word framed is the word katatizo, which means to bring something to completion. Okay? So, notice the word to bring to completion. Now, if you come back to Genesis chapter 17 verse 1, you see that the Bible here says that Abraham should walk before the Lord. Alright? And be blameless or to be brought into completion in the kjv translation of the same text it says when abraham was 99 years old the lord appeared to abraham and said to him i am the almighty god walk before me and be thou perfect so we see the word perfect and the word complete used interchangeably interchangeably in these versions so god is saying to abraham i am god almighty that is my realm i am the sovereign god that is my realm I can do all things. That's my realm. My word has supremacy. That's my realm. That's what the word of God is saying. I am God Almighty. I am all-powerful, all-knowing. I can do everything. That is what the word of God is saying. But God then said, that is my own realm. But what do you have to do? You have to walk before me and be perfect. Or walk before me and be complete. Hmm. But when I did not understand the concept of grace, I used to take this word as, the picture that I got then was... (laughs) You know, when you have um, a, a general in the army coming to do up a, a checkup on the parade, you know, you have these soldiers line up and the, the general comes in to do a checkup on the parade like they have an assembly and he's checking, mm, is this one dressed properly? Is this one wearing the right art? You know, is this, is this person's boots clean? And so on and so forth. That was the picture that I had before. Essentially, it's a picture of a God who is almighty checking you out for faults. Is this person sp- speaking well? Is this person praying enough? Has this person given to the church? 
has this person done this? Has this person done that? It's more like a performance-based mindset where God is coming to check out what you have done to, to tick the box. But later, I realized that was the wrong picture. You see, in the Amplified Version, let me, let me go back and show you what it says. It says, walk habitually before me with integrity, okay? Knowing what? Knowing that you are always in my presence. God essentially is saying to Abraham, I am God Almighty. That is my remit. That's what I do. But there's something I want you to do constantly in order for you to be complete, in order for you to step into catatizode, to come into a place where you are meant to live your life, to come into how you ought to be. There's one thing that I only require from you. Walk before me with a consciousness that you are always in my presence. Now, that changes that change the whole concept. Instead of when I'm not talking about this, I'm thinking, because I'm in Christ Jesus, because Christ is my righteousness, because Christ is my holiness, because Christ is my redemption, because God can no longer see me outside of Jesus, because God loves me the same way he loves Jesus, because God sees the image of Jesus Christ in me when I stand before the throne, I must carry a consciousness that God only sees me through the lens of Jesus. And if I carry this mindset of identity that God sees me through the lens of Jesus, that I am identified with Jesus, that I am in tune with Jesus, then I will be able to come into the place that I ought to be. That is what the scripture is saying. This scripture is essentially saying to be co-creators with God, one of the things you need is to carry a consciousness, all right? that you are one with God. Being one with God, kind of a consciousness that you are one with God of the whole universe changes the paradigm completely for you. You know what it means? It means essentially now, when you are going to walk, you're saying, God is with me, God is for me, God is in me. I am one with the God of the universe. I am one with the God that changes things. I'm one with the God that raises the dead. I'm one with the God that heals, that delivers, that sets free. I am one. I am one with the almighty God, which means everything in nature serves me. Everything in nature works for me. Because God is in me, God lives in me now. I can walk habitually with this consciousness that I have nothing to be afraid of. You know, the interest rate may go up, the economic economy may go down, but I am one with God. Why? Because I am not tied to the economy of where I live. People might be catching virus here and virus there and sickness falling here and falling there. But because I am one with God, I carry this consciousness of being one with God. It cannot come near my dwelling place. The Bible says a thousand may fall at my, a, a thousand may fall at my left hand side, ten thousand may fall at my right hand side, but it shall not come near my dwelling. That is a consciousness knowing that God is my protector. I, I hope you make this is making sense to you. So when the Bible is talking about this consciousness, it's talking about Abraham. In order for you to come into what you ought to be, what I have promised you, you have one requirement. Don't forget, I am Almighty God. I can do all things. Number two. Remember to carry a consciousness that you are one with me and I'm one with you. That is what will fuel you and empower you to step into what I have called you to do. To become complete. To come into your intended purpose. So, God's presence in his word is in his word. And a consciousness of the power of his word will make us to be complete. God's word will catatizor us or make us complete because we are carrying a consciousness of him. This word complete, this word complete, which 
ties into the power of the word of God or the supremacy of the word of God was also called out in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 to 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 to 17. The Bible here says all scripture, that is the word of God, is given by the inspiration of God. That word inspiration is God breathe or God God is God breathe or God God's breath. Essentially saying all scripture is given by the breath of God. Okay. And it is profitable. This doctrine, this word of God is profitable for doctrine to set doctrine in its place, for reproof to correct us when we have gone wrong, to correct us, to put us or to teach us also for instruction in righteousness. The Bible says all scripture, every single thing in the word of God is given for one purpose in mind, for a couple of reasons, sorry. is number one, it's coming from the breath of God. This is the breath of God that you read in the word. That breath of God is first of all profitable. The word of God is profitable. The word of God will put money in your pocket. But it then says the word of God is profitable for doctrine, a way of thinking, all right? It's profitable to have, to use the word of God, to have a paradigm, a way of thinking. Number two, for reproof, to correct you, to say, no, that is not the way to do it. All right. Number three, to correct you if you are going down the wrong pathway. All right. But lastly, to instruct you in righteousness. Now, that got me excited. You see, what he's saying here is the word of God is profitable to instruct you in your right standing with God. The word of God, the gospel, is profitable to instruct you, to teach you about your right standing with God. Which means you are not a sinner. You, God is not looking you up with fault. You have a right, perfect standing with God. Now, if you look in this text, there's a colon after righteousness. That colon, as I've shared in church before, is when you see a colon in the Bible, what it means is that what is on the left produces what is on the right. Okay, if the word of God is the breath of God that is profitable to correct us, to reprove us, to, to, reprove us, to uh, give us doctrine and to instruct us on how we are now in right standing with God, the outcome of that is that we may be perfect. We may come to completion. We may be as we ought to be. We should also be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. This is absolutely beautiful. What this is saying is this. The word of God will make you perfect. Will bring you into completion. To make you to be how you ought to be. But not that enough. The word of God will thoroughly furnish your life. So that you can do all good works. Let me explain that. If you move into a new house. And the house is empty. What will happen? You start to think of how to furnish the house. For example, you might move into the house, you cannot, um, you know, like I told you when I first came back from Nigeria, you know, I couldn't buy a full bed, so we bought mattresses to put it on the floor. You know, that's part of furnishing the house. After a while, we started buying things more, started buying things more, and then the whole house was full, all right? And then we say, oh, this, this looks nice, okay? So, essentially, the Bible here says the word of God we furnish your life so that you can be able to do good works. You can be able to do those good works that God ordained that you should do. Praise God. So the word of God has the power to furnish you to do good works. The good works here are the things that you are called to create with God. So essentially you can see here, even though the word of God is as supremacy, but that supremacy is has an intended purpose to ensure that you are profitable, to know your right standing with God so that you will become 
perfect. You come into wholesomeness. You come into how you ought to be. You come into a state of how you ought to be. Not only that, you have, you will be thoroughly furnished. You will be, um, you will be equipped. You will be uh, beautified so that you can do all the good works that God has in store for you. The good works you are asked to do. That is what you are asked to co-create with God. But that good works that you are meant to co-create with God, you cannot do it if you are, don't have the word of God working with you. So you need to make a decision that the word of God has got to be your numero uno. The word of God has to be something that you spend time in and marinate your heart with. Okay, So that when, when you go through life or as you go through life, the word of God will teach you and guide you on what you need to do. Now, remember, the same word of God is what created the universe. So essentially, you are putting to use in your asana the raw materials of creation. You are engaging with the raw materials of creation. As, as you engage with raw materials of creation, that word of God will work for you because the word of God works everywhere. So Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 says, if I were to look at that in light of the new covenant, if I were to re replay that in light of the new covenant realities, this is how I am going to replay it. I'm going to say, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. You carry a consciousness of your union with Christ, and this consciousness will perfect or grow you or make you into what you ought to be or help you to achieve your intended purpose. Essentially, what God was telling Abraham was, I am God Almighty. I have all power in heaven and on earth. That is my prerogative. I have all power. But you, in order to come into your intended purpose, you only have one thing to do. Carry a consciousness. Carry a consciousness of what? Of your right standing with Christ. Of your union with Christ. Of your union with Christ. Because that's how I want you to see yourself now. Praise God forevermore. So, what does this all have to do with co-creating? First, let us define the word co-creating. Co-creating from a Christian perspective is defined as a situation wherein you are capable of comprehending and modifying the universe to create new things the same way God created. I'll say that again. Co-creation from a Christian perspective is a situation wherein you are capable, you have the ability to understand, to comprehend, and to modify the universe. Essentially, you understand the, the laws and the principles of life that make this universe to work, okay? And because you understand the laws and the principles of the universe, you can then work with those laws and principles to create new things as God created in the beginning. So, what I want to therefore talk about today as a step into the core of the message over the next 25 minutes is to tell you the concept of co-creation that will afford you the ability to create new things in your life the way god created from the beginning there are two concepts we're going to look at today one is co-creation from the point of view of creating as god created the second one is co-creation to create with god one is creating as God created. The second is creating with God. Now, remember, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 to 28, the Bible says we are created in the image and likeness of God. 
we are created in the image and likeness of god which means your spiritual nature not your physical body because god is a spirit your spiritual nature is made like god's your spiritual nature is made like god's so when i talk about creating as god created this actually applies to everybody in the world if you are a human being you can create as god created now the other point is creating with god which means you 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 are now in a family of god right and god has an intended purpose on the earth and you are working with him to create that so that's what i'm going to be talking about today okay so let's go into the text let's look at how god created from the beginning genesis chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 the bible says in the beginning i'm reading the amplified version in the beginning god elohim created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth full stop verse 2 the earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep that is the primeva ocean covered the unformed earth the spirit of god was moving hovering brooding over the face of the waters and god said let there be light and there was light now this text I actually have a book coming up later this year called the laws of creation and it is this this that that book is based on the texts what i learned what god taught me about the laws of life that covered genesis chapter one to genesis chapter two right so please watch out for that and some of you have already pre-ordered it right but but i want to show you something here genesis chapter 1 verse 1 when the bible says god created the heavens and the earth the word created there is the word bara and bara means to create something from nothing to create something from nothing so essentially when nothing existed god was when nothing existed god was in fact if you were able to visualize a situation where you are standing in a place called nothingness there's no sun no moon no nothing no earth is a place of nothingness you will meet god there when there was nothing to at all god was before something was in fact the bible teaches us from this that there cannot be any beginning without god that in fact that god created the beginning the beginning began when god began the beginning so there cannot be any beginning without god so the bible here says in the beginning god created from nothing the heavens and the earth but how did god create well last week we sp- we showed how god created because in hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 the bible says by faith that is with an inherent trust and enduring confidence and the power the wisdom and goodness of god we understand that the words that is the universes and the ages were framed were catatizoed and created that is formed put in order equipped for their intended purpose by the word of god so god created something from nothing by his spoken word so when you go back to genesis chapter 1 verse 1 you see that when the bible said god created from nothing it means god created from nothing by his words what did he create he created the heavens and the earth okay now look at what was happening now the bible then says but this earth that was created 
was formless, shapeless. It was it is from everyone. If there was anyone there, obviously there was nobody. Was there wasn't anyone there looking at what God was created? You would say, "Oh, this is a waste. This is a failure. There's no life here. It's barren. It's formless." You know, in this state of formlessness, in this state of barrenness that the earth was, something began to happen. The spirit of God was doing something. What was he doing? He was brooding over the surface of the deep. That word brood is the word to incubate, to um, to over. It's like when you have a mother hen trying to hatch her eggs. She will sit down on the eggs and brood. She will put some heat in there. She will cover the eggs with some heat so that at the right time, the eggs will pop up and the chicks will come out. So the Spirit of God was brooding, was pregnant, was incubating, was waiting, was waiting, was waiting, was imagining the world based on the heart of God, based on what God wanted to do. The Spirit of God was brooding, was waiting, was saying a command is going to come that will cause a change, even though things may look hopeless and formless right now, but I'm getting ready to create, I'm getting ready to create, I'm incubating, I'm waiting, I'm hovering, I'm brooding. That is what the Spirit of God was doing. And then guess what happened? The Bible says, and God spoke the word. God said, let there be light. Wow. And when the words came out of the mouth of God, the words came over the abyss. The words came over the primeval ocean. The words came over the darkness. The words came over the formlessness. The words came like that, like a mighty rushing wind. The words came. But when the words came, the words came in contact with the spirit that was already brooding over the surface of the deep. And all of a sudden, I showed up. The words and the spirit aligned and, and the creation happened. That is how God created. Light came by the spoken word. But the spoken word was not alone. The spoken word came in contact with the spirit of God. And then creative work happened. Light showed up. It's instructive to know that the light that showed up here was not the sun. The sun, the sun was created some days later. The light that showed up here is illumination. It's the presence of God. Illumination. It also means that you cannot create something tangible in your life unless you are illuminated. The Spirit of God, we want to illuminate you. We want to give you ideas that will set your life on fire. The Word of God will come to you and open your heart up. You know, the Bible says when Jesus Christ opened the Scriptures unto them, they said our heart burned inside us when He opened the Scripture unto us. You know, when God opens the Scripture to you, when God opens this Bible to you and you begin to study and you begin to see the reality of what you can become. You can begin to see the reality of what God has done for you. You are going to get so excited you cannot keep still. You see, the word of God has the power to change your life. When the word of God came with, in with the spirit of God, guess what happened? Illumination happened. Illumination happened. There was deliverance. There was creation. That which looks so bleak and changed into something so promising that which was covered in darkness showed up in light so now darkness is being done away with why because God spoke the word light be now 
since you are created in the image and likeness of God you can create as God created by doing exactly what God did you need to learn to create by using what God has put in place this means you can create from nothing you can create from nothing but remember now that God has created everything in the world there's no such thing as nothing now even when you are in a valley and there's nothing there or you are in a place and everything looks so barren right there where you are the resources of God are available for you to use to create something out of your life so I'm saying to you no matter how bleak something may look for you today they may have told you you only have five days left to live they may have told you the mortgage is going to be taken over tomorrow they may have told you your child cannot amount to nothing they may have told you all sort of rubbish may have come out against you from the voice of the world but listen because the because the god that we serve created something out of nothing and now he has brought this reality into expression you can take out what God has created in the middle of that nothingness and create something out of your life. How will you do that? I'm going to show you five steps. Five steps that you can create as God created today. Let's look at that. Number one step. Number one step is this. Since God already created the heavens and the earth by his spoken word, the starting point for creation is to know that everything you need already exists in some realm even if you cannot see it i'll say that again the starting point to create as god created is to know since god has already created something out of nothing you need to know that even if you cannot see anything at all know this truth for a fact when you're facing that challenge that everything you need in the situation already exists now that is absolutely profound you know what it means it means there's no such thing as lack of poverty or barrenness in the true sense of the matter. What we don't have is lack of knowledge. It's lack of illumination. It's lack of light. In that situation, in any situation where we find ourselves and we cannot seem to see what was the way out, is because there's, there's lack of knowledge. We are lacking knowledge. We are lacking illumination in that space. And what you, what you can then begin to do in that space really is to say, Father, illuminate my mind. Help me to know what I'm missing in this situation. Illuminate my mind. Help me to know what I'm missing in this situation. You know what the prayers I pray the Lord these days is the word, is a prayer for wisdom. I say, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, help me, O oh Lord, with your wisdom. Let me understand. Let your wisdom permeate my heart. So I will know what to do in any situation. You need to pray that prayer for yourself all the time. You know what? The wisdom of God lives in you already, but it's good for you to pray for man, for manifested wisdom in your life. So you know how to build your life. The Bible says, by wisdom, a home is built. So you want to build your life, ask God for wisdom. So the first thing you must know in the situation is that everything you need is already existing in that situation. There's no lack of poverty in the world. What exists is ignorance ignorance so co-creators have the mindset that all things are possible even if physically there is quote and unquote nothing number two step is you must allow your heart just like god to meditate the reality of what you wanted you know how do i know god had in his heart what he wanted well the bible says when god created light and said and said let there be light and there was light the bible said god looked at it and said it was good how could god say it was good if what he saw did not align with the picture he had in his mind it's not possible so step number two really is 
align your heart to meditate the reality of what you want now why do i know this step is important because you see when god created the heavens and the earth and bible says god spoke that light should be and light became the bible says that god looked at what he had created and he affirmed it he said it is good the only way for god to affirm what he has created as good is because what he saw clearly aligned with what he had in his mind all right so now the bible says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks out of the overflow of your heart the mouth speaks which means what you say out of your mouth is a reflection of what is in your heart so essentially your heart is where the image is the mouth only give the only the mouth only gives expression towards in your heart so now what you need to do is because you know in step one that everything has already been created in the middle of lack in the middle of in the middle of uh, negativity you know that the right solution is already in that situation and all you need is illumination right the next step now is go into your heart and meditate the outcome that you desire go into that journey step into that world you know there's something i do with my people in church you know i do work what i call in in like in bible time during especially during the saturday bible prayer i try to explain to people before i start to pray i try to explain some concepts so that when you pray you're not just praying and vituperating and just talking you know and there's something i call the power of imaginative imagination led prayers and what that means is you know your life goes in the direction of what is predominant in your heart so it's very important to guard your heart from all the nasty, nasty images that the world is throwing at you all right so and how do you do that meditate the reality of what you want in the middle of lack meditate riches in the middle of sickness meditate health divine health in the middle of anxiety meditate courage go into your heart the picture of your heart begin to see yourself as if you have already possessed that thing begin to see yourself in your mind's eye of the picture that you wanted why is that important because that's the way god created all right god created everything that he wanted was in his heart and he spoke that thing out Okay, so before you get to the point where you want to speak, you need to first of all align your heart, right? So you go into your heart, see what you wanted, meditate it, step into that world, stay there, enjoy it, right? Before you then begin to speak. Now, here's a good thing to remember. The Spirit of God is already in you. The Spirit of God is in you. You are born again by the Spirit of God. So because the Spirit of God is in you, the Spirit of God in you is also brooding in your heart just like the spirit of god brooded over the surface of the deep so when somebody is going through challenges the same way the earth was formless that formlessness that nasty thing that was that, that we can see in the beginning when god created the world the spirit of god was brooding over that surface to change it right okay so you too must brood over whatever it is you're going through to change it but the good news is that the spirit of god in you is already brooding over it the spirit of god is in you is brooding over it is going into your innermost being is doing what it at creation was done is brooding over your ideas your visions your dreams your prayer your goals your aspirations and is creating the framework to create what you want in your life so staying tuned to the image that the spirit of god is brooding over is very important which means don't allow your heart to embrace the image of what you don't want so if you're if you're in the in the throes of sickness don't listen to other people who have been sick or who have got this kind of sickness you got and died don't do that 
right? If you are in the throes of poverty, don't surround yourself with people who say nothing will ever work. Don't do that because those things will paint the wrong pictures in your heart. All right. So step number three now is where the creation happens, right? You speak out of your mouth like God spoke in faith. You speak out of your mouth like God spoke in faith. What what do you speak? You speak what you want to create. Now, when you are creating, when you are speaking, there's one truth I want you to not forget. I want you to know that words are containers of power. Words are containers of power. Words are not ordinary. So when you speak those words out, your words are containers of power to create what you have spoken. Remember, by faith we believed that the world was formed by the word of God so that those things that do appear are not made from things that we can see. Because these things that we can see are not made from what we can see. We needed, we will need the word of God to create those things that we want to see. So the word of God is the vehicle that will create what you want to see even when those things do not exist yet. Okay, so words are containers of power. As you begin to vocalize what you want, remember words are containers of power. Essentially, remind yourself, my words are not ordinary. My words will create for me that which I desire. And lately, I have been doing this. I have been doing this and I have been seeing results where I imagine forcing my heart the outcome I want. And as I open my mouth to speak, I speak out of that imagination. I speak based on that imagination that is brooding in my heart. Absolutely important, people of God. Okay, so your words will produce results and your word will also take on the form of what you have spoken. The Bible says about Jesus, the book of John chapter 1, the Bible says, the word became flesh. Have you ever thought about what that means? The word became flesh. How could word become flesh? How is it possible that ordinary words become flesh? Because first, words are not ordinary. Words are not ordinary. The words you are speaking out of your mouth will take on the form of what you have spoken. Because words are containers of power. So now you speak the words out of your mouth. Okay. The fourth thing you do, you will do is go to work. Go to work. You know, when God said light be, God then began to do what? God began to divide darkness from light. God God started what I call the law of separation. The law of separation is the law that God acted upon in the the book of Genesis where God separated things into their destiny. God says, sun, separate. You have dominion over, over the day. Moon, separate, have dominion over the night. You know, God separate things into their destiny. All right, what, what, which means it is not enough for God to speak things out. He had to act on what he has spoken. This is absolutely important. This part is absolutely important. After you have spoken, begin to act like what you have spoken is already true. Go to work. Take specific instructions as instructed by the Holy Spirit for the actualization of your dream. So, if you believe God to be a medical doctor and you are beginning to say, I'm a medical doctor, I have good grades, people, you have to now begin to act, right? You pick up your book and begin to study. But you see, when you are studying, now you are not studying because 
you're not sure that you're going to become med medical doctor you are studying because you know the hand has been determined because you have incubated that hand in your mind you have marinated your heart with the end in sight so because you are vocalizing words from the end that you had in mind as you are acting you are acting out something that you know is going to come out to be true in your life because you believe the word of god i don't know whether you are getting this this structure to co-create with god you must know first that everything already exists when nothing existed number two you must meditate in your heart the future that you want to see paint the pictures of the future you want to see in your heart let your heart be gripped by that number three say those words out of your mouth based on the image that is predominant in your heart all right okay number four go to work begin to act begin to act begin to act like that is already true in your life begin to act all right know that your actions prove that your words will come to pass you know the bible says faith without works is dead essentially when we work out our faith it proves that we believe that what we've spoken will come to pass yesterday you know somebody was praying for one of our church members you know that she's believing god for some miracles about our school you know and the my friend Adi, very good my very good friend Adi, you know that prayed that prayer said something that i really found quite profound he really blessed me he said sister i congratulate you for the answer to your prayers i mean i don't know whether you got that that statement so you pray for somebody you have prayed your made declaration and let's say you should reach out your hands which i say i congratulate you let's celebrate do you know what that means it means you are basically you have said those words in faith and you know the words are going to come to pass so now you are congratulated person i say i will i'll congratulate you for your for your answer for the answers to your prayers even though you have not yet seen it but to you it's now a word a reality that is how to make faith work people of god when you congratulate somebody after you pray for them because you know the answer is coming praise god so act go to work like as if that thing is already coming to pass number five while you are waiting for the physical manifestation what must you do you must affirm the reality that you want to see as good you must say father i thank you that only good things are coming to me Father, I thank you, oh God, that even though I've not physically seen it, I already have it. And I thank you. I so much love what you have done for me already. Thank you, Father, that this is coming to pass in my life. In the name of Jesus. When you are putting your hands to work, you are writing the business proposal, you are, writing, you are preparing for the exams, you are just saying, Father, I thank you for the goodness that is coming. Thank you for the goodness that is coming. Do you see where I'm coming from? That way, you are co-creating with God. So, you are co-creating as God, rather. You are co-creating as God. All right. Now, I've got about five ten minutes left i want to talk about co-creating with god co-creating with god now there's a text i found that showcases the meaning of co-creation with god and that text is in first corinthians chapter 3 verses 8 to 9 and this text is talking about being co-laborers with god let's look at it evil plants and evil waters are one in importance and esteem working toward the same purpose but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. We are his servants working together. You are God's cultivated field. You are his garden, his vineyard, his building. Now this text essentially says something. A couple of things. Number one. It says the person who waters, the person who plants. That's the person who is doing something with God. They are all the same. So your pastor and the person who does the person who does ushering in your church are both the same in the eyes of God. They are both the same. They are both important in the eyes of God. 
all right there's no hierarchy in the eyes of god everybody is the same because god loves all of his children the same way okay but the bible then says but each one of us will receive our reward according to our labor essentially god is saying here you are going to receive the reward of the work you have done based on the 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 effort that you have put in so co-creators essentially saying you are working with god and you are going to get your reward based on what you have put in okay so if you look at verse 9 it says the reason why you will get your own reward according to your own labor is because you are god's fellow workers now this text this texts god's fellow workers or the phrase god's fellow workers is from the greek word synergios synergios means synergy is is where the english word synergy comes from i means to work together to a common good essentially when the bible talks about co-laborers or co-workers with god is saying that we are co-creators with god we are in synergy with god and this is where the concept of working with god then comes to play <laughs> working with god means we are joint working together to ensure that what God had in mind or God has in mind for the world comes to pass. So you are a believer, you are actively engaged in evangelism, you are actively engaged in discipling the world, you are actively engaged in doing the work of the Lord on the earth, you are working with God. Now, you may not be somebody who has ever been in the church, within the church worlds, but you are born again, you are a believer, right? You believe in God, you believe in Jesus Christ, then you can use your work you know, let's say your entrepreneurial work, whatever it is, platform that God has given you, you can use that as the platform for the gospel. You can be somebody who helps the orphanage. You can be somebody who is helping the world rid of poverty. You know, you can essentially do good works in this life. Why? Because then you are in synergy with the Almighty God. You know, God created this world to be inhabited by us, and God gave us dominion over this earth. We are the one that God gave dominion to. So we have to work with God to ensure that his vision for the world can come to pass. So the concept of co-creating, therefore, puts responsibility on us to work with God. God has done all he's going to do. His fullness is within us. His resources are available to us. The question is, are we going to cooperate with God by creating with him? Are we going to ensure that we can work with God to ensure that his purpose and his desire come to pass? What makes co-creation, people of God, very, very scary is this. God has put the power on how your life turns out in your own hands. I will say that again. God has put the power on how your own life turns out in your own hand. How did he do that? God gave you the power of choice. God gave you the power of choice. God gave you the power of responsibility. Galatians chapter 6 verse 5 says, Each one of us must take responsibility for our own lives so which means you are responsible for how your life your life turns out is your job is your responsibility god has done everything you will need to do the question is are you going to co-create with him are you going to work with god to create what you want in your own life the question starts with what do you want you have to decide what you want out of your life bearing in mind that everything is already available for you but you have to make the choices no one can make the choices for you god sets the rules in place but you have to make the choices. Are you ready to take advantage of what the creator of the universe has made available for you as co-creators with him? Are you ready? Let me tell you a story. Because of time, I think I'm running out of time, but let me tell you a story here that will help you. 
to contextualize the power of what I'm sharing here. There's a, there was a man named Adam. He was made in the image and likeness of God. He was first man made in the world. And Adam, when God made him, God gave him dominion over everything that God has created. So God as creator gave Adam dominion over everything he has created. And God gave Adam instruction. And God said to him, dominate the earth, replenish the earth, dominate, you know, subdue it. Put, the, put, put yourself to work to subdue the earth. That is co-creation. That is working with God. That is Adam now stepping into the place where God has said, look, this is the place I've given to you. Now conquer it. And this principle is replete in the Bible. The parable of talent says the same thing. God, God gave somebody talent and it's up to them to use the talent and make it to grow more. So the imperative of growth is in your, is in your DNA. But it is your responsibility to take advantage of it. God will not take advantage of it for you. You have to take advantage of it for yourself. It's also like that with the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is free for all, but you have to take advantage of it. If God has sent a word to you, for example, about healing, about prosperity, but you refuse to partake of it, you refuse to take advantage of it, then you cannot say, oh, everything is up to God. No, it's not up to God. God has done his part. He's saying now, will you allow yourself to be co-creators with me? Will you step into the mandate of co-creation that I've placed upon you from the foundation of the earth? Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible says this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Verse 5. No shrub had yet appeared on the earth. No plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth. And there was no one to walk the ground. Notice that. After God has done all he's going to do, there was no one to walk the ground. Alright? So, there was no shrub. No plant had yet sprung up. God has not sent the rain. So the reason why God has not sent the rain, God has not allowed shrub to come out or the plant to be to, to spring up is because there was no one to take care of what God is what God was planning to create. So God, before God could create and said, let there be vegetation that bring forth after his own kind, God had to know that there has to be a man. So you see, the concept of man coming on the scene was not a mistake. It was part of the preconceived idea of God to create man in his own image and likeness. So, and that tells me something. You are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. For whatever reason anybody so you're a mistake, that's a lie. You are not a mistake. Your coming to the earth when you came to the earth was not a mistake at all. It was not a, a, a product of chance or happenstance. Praise God. So, Bible says God did not do anything because there was no one to till the ground. But something happened. God allowed streams to come up from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust. After God has caused the earth to have all the material that the earth needed, but the thing still has not sprung up yet, then God made the man. God made the man breath into his the nursery, the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, then God did something again. God then took and planted a garden in the east, in Eden. God planted a garden. It's called the Garden of Delight. God planted a garden in Eden. And there, God put the man that he had formed. So, after God is put things in place and know that the, everything, the man, man is going to come on the, on, on the earth, all right, to walk the ground, right? God ensures that this plant begins to bring stuff forth. God went down to create a garden and then God put the man there. But what, God, what did God want the man to do? Step with me into verse 15. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden or the garden of delight. To do what? To walk it and take care of it. That is co-creation with God. God gave 
Adam a responsibility to do what? To walk the ground and take care of it. That is why work is not, uh, is not uh, a problem. Work is part of God's mandate to allow us to dominate the earth. When God takes you into a position, everything will not be there already. God expects you to create something out of what he has given you. Has God given you a family? What investment and effort are you putting in that family for that family to turn out to be great? God will not do that for you. God has blessed your family quite all right. But God expects you to take responsibility for how your children turn out by speaking the word of God over them, by helping them, by surrounding them with the grace of God. Do you see where I'm coming from? That is our responsibility. God is a sovereign God, but we are responsible for the outcomes that we get. How do we, how do we become responsible? By being co-creators with God and co-creating as God. Praise God forevermore. So, there was no creators. There was no co-creators. That's why there was no one to take the ground. There was no one to synergize with God. God has created all these beautiful things, but no one was there to work it. No one was there. The truth is, even though God has finished the creation creation work, God needed cooperation from humans for his creation to keep unfolding. Why? You are co-creators with God. In verse 8, we see that God placed man in the garden of delight and God made all provision available in that garden before God put man in the garden, which means all the provision for your needs are already in the garden where you find yourself. But what do you need to do? You need to go there and walk it and till it so that it can produce for you. All right. Co-creation with God is by living life on purpose. When you are doing what you are called to do, you are co-creating with God. Praise God forevermore. The power of co-creation, I will continue next week. You know, next week I'm going to be talking about the matrix. But something I want to talk about here is that, do you know that God gave Adam the power to name all the animals? Whatever name Adam called the animals, that's the name that God gave them. God did not question it. Look, Genesis 2 verse 19 to 20 says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the name man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. I can't, I don't even have time again to begin to talk about this. But what this is saying, essentially the power of his saying, God did not contest with Adam, whatever Adam called the animals. And Adam called the animals, he spoke those words out of his mouth. So which means, <laughs> when you start to say words out of your mouth, you are going to get what you say. You are going to get what you say. That is the power of being co-creators. You are going to get what you say out of your mouth. So be careful what you say out of your mouth. Don't say, I don't have money. Things are going down. If you say that, that's what you're going to get. And it's not because God brought them. It's because that's the power of being co-creators with God. Adam showed the power of co-creation when he named all the animals. Co-creation with God is manifested through the vehicle of the spoken word of faith. When you speak words of faith out of your mouth, you are co-creating with God. The same thing happened to Noah in Genesis chapter 8. When Noah became drunk, he spoke a curse over his own, his own grandson. And when God went to bless the world, God took Abraham from the land of Shem and said that Canaan, that Noah cursed, should serve Shem. Or to serve Abraham's lineage. That's it. What you say is what you're going to get. All right. When Abraham was called by God, God said something to Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. I want you to read this is where I'm going to stop. The Bible says, For I know him 
God was talking to Abraham when God was going to Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. God said something to Abraham. said, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice, justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of, of him. Do you see what, what God is saying there? God said, I know Abraham is going to teach his children. Why? So that God can bring upon Abraham that which God has spoken. Essentially, God is saying, there is a possibility that this might not happen if Abraham did not teach his children the way of God. You see, again, God's sovereignty is given a promise, but man is responsible in co cooperating with God. You are co-creators with God. God's creation is not complete without you. You are God's co-creators. What would you like to create in your life today? Start first by choosing your words. Paint the right image in your heart. Put your hands to good works, to the glory of God. And continue to affirm that the outcomes you will get in life is always good. You get to create the reality of your life through reminding yourself of your identity with Jesus and a realization of your union with Jesus and the choice for you to co-create with him which sets your life apart. You need to remind yourself of your oneness and union with the ultimate creator, God Almighty. What Jesus Christ is to the Father, you are as well. You are one with the God of the whole universe, people of God. You are co-creator with him. That identity, that understanding, that reminder for you as you step out today is, I am co-creator with God. I have responsibility to determine what happens in my life by choosing my words, by choosing the image I, I focus on, by constantly affirming good out of, my, out of my mouth and by putting my hands to good use. As you do that, you are co-creating with God. You co-create with God with, what you, with the words you speak. You co-create with God with God with the work you are doing. You are co-creators with God. This whole universe is not complete without you. Why? Because you are co-creator with God. God is the ultimate creator, but is waiting for you to create with him. What would you like to create today with God Almighty? What would you like to create again? What new life, new vision, new dream, new goal would you like to create in your life today? Please bow your heads as we pray. Ponder on that. I am co-creator. What a tremendous responsibility. But what would I love to create? What would I love to create? Allow your heart to see the picture of what you would like to create right now. Ponder on that picture. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. Just stay there as I pray with you. I want you to hold that picture in your heart, what you would like to create. And I'll begin to pray with you in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for the awesome responsibility of being co-creators with you. I pray for your children today who are holding new pictures, new dreams, new vision, new goals in their heart about what they can do with their own lives. Some of them have stayed on one spot for so long, but Lord, today they've heard the message that says you are saying, stand up, rise up, be co-creators with me. Lord, I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that the power to create that they have learned today will begin to walk in their lives in the name of Jesus. I pray over the dreams that they're holding in their heart right now. And I speak over that dream, that these dreams that they have, oh Lord, will come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that, oh Lord, they will hold on to these dreams in their heart and they will speak words of faith out of their mouth consistently so that these dreams can become a reality in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you, Almighty God, that this one will create the aura of grace, the aura of blessing, the aura of the Holy Ghost around their lives by the predominant thoughts that they carry in the name of Jesus Christ. The predominant, the predominant, the predominant thought of greatness and goodness in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Almighty God. Help them to take responsibility. Help us to take responsibility for our life and to create beautiful things in this world to the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Praise God forevermore. That is the end of today's service. I just want to thank you very much. If you have not given your life to Jesus, please remember, you can only co-create with God, really, if you are born again. You can you can create as God, even if you are not born again. That's that's fine. But to co-create to co with God, you have to align with his own vision of the world. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to just do an altar call right now, ask you to please bow your heads as I pray with you. Now, what you need to do with giving your life to Jesus is to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for you and that he was raised on the third day for your justification. If you believe that he died as you and he was raised as you now in the new life and you now call him to be your Lord and Savior, the Bible says you're going to be saved. So you believe in your heart, you say out of your mouth. All right? Is that okay? Let's pray. Say with me, Father, thank you that Jesus came to die for my sin. I believe he died as me and he was raised from the dead. I give my life to you, Jesus. Thank you for having me. I make you my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died for me and you were raised for me. I give my life to Jesus. Thank you for having me. In Jesus' name we pray. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you say that out of your mouth, you are declared saved by God. Welcome to the family of God. I just want to thank you very much. Sorry that the service went a bit went a bit longer. Just want to thank you for staying into the end. But please play this over again and share with anybody that you think might enjoy or might need to hear a message like this. Thank you so much, and I'll speak to you in church next week. Remember, you're blessed and highly favored. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. We were blessed to have you. We hope to see you again on Wednesday for midweek service at 6 p.m. UK time, morning prayers every Saturday at 6 a.m. UK time, and Sunday service at 8 a.m. UK time. The replay for today's service will premiere on YouTube. For love offering, kindly use the bank details on your screen, or you can scan the QR code on your screen to give via PayPal. Would you like us to pray with you? Kindly click the link that pops up in the live chat and fill the form or you can visit our website at www.thelightshouse.org and fill the request form. You can now book a counseling or prayer session with Pastor Davis on Calendly. Visit the link on the website or in the description box and follow the instructions to book a session. Follow us on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok on the username that is displayed on the screen. Don't forget to comment, like, and share our messages. Until next time, remain in your identity in Christ Jesus.
are God, God all by yourself. Nothing added, nothing missing. You are everything encompassing. And that's why I will praise you. Oh, power on change. 